Hi, so I am here with Zach Becker, uh, the man behind the London GT, uh, and they are just uh, just announced uh, and ready to go on sale uh, with their tickets for the 2018 uh, event, and we thought we would uh, speak to Zach uh, to talk about uh, the event, the growth of it, uh, and of course try and squeeze some little uh, exciting playtesting info out of him if we can. Uh, but hello, Zach, how you doing? Welcome. Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, so yeah, is this your third or fourth year? This will be our third year. Yeah. Um, it's our fourth year sort of uh, as a group. Well, obviously it takes some time to, to get prepared for the first one, but it will be our, our third year running the event. Uh, now you are back in the same place uh, in Westminster Academy Sport, um, but you're saying uh, just before we started recording that the uh, capacity has grown as well. Is that something that uh, you're looking to carry on? I mean, obviously it's always... Uh, the dream to have that sort of big, um, the biggest event, I guess, get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, is it something that you've looked at doing this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, the growth is is uh, sort of a natural a natural thing that's that's come out of selling out last year. So last year we sold, uh, I think, two hundred and something gaming tickets across the forty k and thirty k event um, within eleven days. You know, so it was huge huge demand there. And what I've been spending, you know, sort of intervening. Uh, four or five months since the last event doing is, is really trying to work out how we can cater for, for that sort of built up and latent demand because I think you know the UK and, and Europe generally want to have a big wargaming convention like they've got in the States you know they want to have a, a you know a U- European version of Nova or Adepticon or the yeah. LVO because you know us hardcore gamers we fly over them we, we spend thousands thousands of pounds going to their events so why can't we have our own sort of thing so what I've been working on is is to try to basically balance out the economics of how we can get enough space for all those six by fours um, into London because yes. ultimately, you know, London's a, a cramped place. Space costs money. So, um, yeah, that's a, the problem I've been wrestling with. And I think we've cracked it now. So, yeah, this year we've got space uh, pretty much for about 500 people. Mm. Um, we'll be taking, hopefully, 250, 300-ish 40K players in. And then the rest of the space will be allocated across a bunch of different events that we've got. Uh, yeah, which so is exciting are you going to so. be uh, expanding to other games? Because, of course, um, well, off the top of my head, Sigma is is really successful. Uh, and they have, obviously, their own uh, events which are approaching that scale. Uh, is it something that you're looking to include as well? What are you looking to include this year on, on top yeah. of the 40 and 30k yeah. events? I mean, Sigma, I think, is a definite. We've, um, we've already announced that we will we'll be running. Um, not only uh, the 30k narrative event again, which was a huge success, but we'll also be running an Age of Sigmar GT, and um, I think that's going to be you know really special. I've been talking uh, in quite a lot of detail with the event lead about how he wants to basically bring that forwards as a premier competitive event, but with a couple of tweaks to to how uh, he runs it so that it's not just a, a copy and paste of, of the other larger Sigmar events. So that's really exciting stuff. What uh, I'm also really excited about, which I haven't announced um, previously, is um, that we're going to be bringing a Blood Bowl Cup to London, awesome. as well as a Necromunda Narrative Weekend, um, which people will be able to compete with their gangs um, with the relaunch of the game, and a 40k narrative event. So there's lots of stuff going on for people that don't necessarily want to play in the large Age uh, of and 40k GTs. Um, but want to just come down and you know do some wargaming with their buddies. So yeah, that sounds all cool. Uh, very important 
uh, to offer very different uh, gaming experiences. Uh, as we've seen in the aforementioned events in America, those sort of mega events, they're as uh, important, the, the GT format, as the narrative, as all the side games. Uh, and that's cool that you're offering uh, a nice variety of titles. We've seen Games Workshop get involved uh, with a number of the larger events uh, in the USA. Can we expect a similar sort of involvement at the London GT, or is that not something you can announce yet? Well, I can't announce what's in store uh, precisely for 2018, uh, because I'm obviously keen to uh, get as much uh, cool stuff going on as possible, and that all takes a little bit of negotiation. And Games Workshop are very keen to you know, maintain the same sort of levels of support um, that they did last year. You know, we had Warhammer TV down um, and some sort of support on the social medias and all that sort of stuff. So as we grow, um, I'm very much hopeful that the support and the sort of unique elements of their uh, involvement in supporting us uh, will grow hand in hand. So, you know, I'm obviously in constant dialogue uh, with them anyway, um, but specifically in relation to 2018 event, hopefully there'll be some exciting stuff I can sort of drip through uh, through to, uh, to to people that want to come uh, as and when uh, it all gets confirmed. So, yeah, lots of stuff to, to look forward to just uh, a little bit soon right now. Yeah, obviously, the event's not until next May anyway, so who knows what will be going on at that time frame, you know, regardless. Um, so, yeah, lots of... But, but if they are going to be involved again in a, in a greater capacity, then that's, that's always exciting, and I'm sure that will draw uh, a lot of people in uh, as well. Uh, good, Good to hear, good to hear. Um, so with regards to, obviously our podcast is competitively focused, uh, so the, it's all about the GT for us, but um, will you will you be putting together your own pack? Are you going to be taking a lead from any other events or tournament circuits? You know, How's that going to be coming about? Obviously, again, long way off, uh, but people do like to know these things, so it'll be interesting to see. Sure, 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 sure. So I think the, the interesting position we're in right now is, um, obviously we had the ETC, couple of weeks after 8th edition dropped. So the missions we played there were very um, much untested with the new edition. Um, I know, having spoken to a lot of the captains, that they weren't necessarily felt like the missions were optimized for competitive balance. Mm. Um, and I'm also obviously aware about you know some of the new releases at Games Workshop Pinfall was having sort of playtested them over the last uh, few months. So um, really, it's a question of timing. It's about... Um, when etc community feels like they've got a stable mission pack because we do like to to be um relevant in 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 terms of people practicing for, for that you know the biggest tournament in most people's calendar but we also um, do like to do things a little bit differently so we're not just about you know hyper hyper competitive players we are also um, about people that just want to come down and have some fun so you know when people are are thinking about building lists it needs to be Sort of balance with what's going to be representative at the ETC as well as um, what's going to be good for a singles event because that's what I think a lot of UK singles events often miss out is that they take the ETC pack which is designed for a team environment mm. and apply it to a singles format where it may not be necessarily appropriate so we'll be doing things a little bit differently but generally still you know on brand uh, with where we were last year there's been a lot of discussion amongst players uh, and some TOs as well regarding um, solo events being effectively test beds for ETC lists uh, and ETC players, uh, and you definitely highlighted one of the things there in that it's not 
the the ETC itself is a very unique animal. Um, and there are many, many other formats out there in the world, of course. The ITC is probably the most successful um, tournament circuit out there. It's a circuit rather than a rule set, but they do have a, a rule set as well. Uh, of course, you've got Nova out there um, doing great work as well, and I feel they've got a, a very exciting and interesting uh, a rules pack with their, you know, um, mission selection um, options that they have there, which are great for um, uh, people going into to bad matchups. I definitely think that mitigates that a little bit and allows for player skill to come through rather than list writing. Um, so there's lots of options out there as well, and I definitely agree that it's good to find a middle ground rather than just railroading yourself to everyone building to the ETC because realistically that's England, Scotland, maybe, you know, probably about 20 of your players. That's relevant to them. Um, but if you're doing a 200 to 300 uh, tournament, it's definitely... Uh, you have to think of everyone, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we this year we'll definitely be, uh, you know, on board with the ITC from a, a points perspective. Mm. I know Reese and Frankie really well. I think, you know, the, the whole thing they're trying to do around making uh, making competitive gaming relevant um, internationally, I think is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously Tim King's events are, are ITC now. And I think, you know, generally the, the UK community should be fully on board with that. So we will be awarding ITC points. Mm. Um, we won't be using ITC missions. Um, you know, as I said, you know, we'll be doing our own thing. I think it's appropriate for our audience. And I think that's really, really good as well. The fact that you're not tied into that. So mm. definitely, you know, that, that's a good thing. It's, it's, it's an overarching umbrella without. Uh, being sort of like an authoritarian, you must play the games like we play the games. So, uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and it's good to see that um, it might be uh, enticing for some internationals. And that's 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 great, right? We want to have American players flying out to our events in the same way that, that some of ours go out to, to LVO and Nova. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and earlier today I was, I was talking to, to a potential sponsor and one of the bits of work I was doing was to show them that, you know, last year we did have a, a very wide range of countries represented so you know it's in front of my mind now that i know last year we had someone from uh america we had someone from new zealand we had a family from hong kong came over we had finland sweden netherlands austria so you know we've already got the the footings in play we just need to grow on that and i think we will do because you know, western europe's got the same population as united states of america and it's all within a two-hour flight of london so i think there really is um, a strong case for saying you know, this is this is something we should get behind. This is something that you know, if if we all want to make you know a European gaming convention that isn't um, the TC come to fruition, then you know it's very much now's the time sort of thing. So that's why we're we're so passionate about it. Definitely, and I think obviously you've got a prime location in London. It's a desirable location for people to come in. You know, when you have to put it, you know, put it across to your girlfriend or significant other. Um, can I go away and play games for the weekend? The same way in which it's kind of easier to sell Las Vegas as a location. Uh, yeah. I'm sure for many people, selling London as a as a location uh, with a few days either side for for sightseeing and shopping and stuff is, is a lot more uh, is a lot easier than say you know a Warrington or or anywhere else that they might be going to because God Warrington yeah grim place Warrington is. Yeah, yeah, it's good night out though, but just not not one, not top on the sightseeing. A cheap pint certainly it has that yeah. in its favour. You won't find that in London. Um, so yeah, the event's been going for for into its third year now, and it's it's incredible to see the speed at which um, 
and the parallels, I guess, uh, with yourselves and, and say like the Las Vegas Open, which again is a very new event uh, and just grows and grows and grows. It, it just highlights the, the desire and want for organized competitive gaming in a fun format, in, a, in an enjoyable environment. Um, and I feel there's so much room for growth uh, with competitive gaming. It's not just, you know, that that stereotype of, uh, you know, two, two nerds arguing about page 63, paragraph two uh, of the rule book um, and flipping tables with each other. It's definitely a, a, a thing now. Uh, how do you feel in general, let's, you know, just moving, moving a bit wider from the GT about the, the possibilities for competitive gaming, specifically 40K and the growth that we've seen over the last couple of years that you've seen firsthand? Yeah, I mean, definitely the, some of the growth we experienced was as a result of latent demand. People just wanted an event in London. One didn't exist of, of our nature. So we benefited from that. But I think the community generally is going through a bit of a renaissance. You know, we're, we're basically entering a level of popularity that hasn't been seen since third edition. The game's super streamlined. It's really enjoyable to play competitively. Um, and as more and more codices get released, it will get more and more complex and really reward those players that want to play at the sort of the, the tip of the knife. So, yeah, I think um, there's definitely um, a lot of scope for the event scene to grow um, and, you know, new players to enter it from, you know, people that were in the hobby but haven't necessarily been to organized events before. Mm. What I think the main challenge is, is really growing the overall population of, of 40k players it's um obviously a challenge that's at the forefront of games workshop's mind obviously being a commercial entity um but ultimately we you know as a tournament organizer my job is to, is to push up the percentages of hobbyists that attend tournaments um which you know thankfully i think we're being really successful with and i think overall tournament seems really healthy but ultimately you get to a point where say you caps it 30% of people in the hobby go to a tournament when then we need to start growing the actual hobby itself which is something I'm trying to get you know as much as I can um, with sort of third party media we had Vice magazine down at the event last year yes you did this year, you did indeed yeah, yeah. so you know what I'm trying to do this year um, we're still in play but you know try and get think magazines like Time Out and, and the Evening Standard to promote the event because ultimately what we're about is, is, is having a successful hobby and the tournament is just one element of that so mm. That's 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 my view on on it at the moment. Is we can do all our the best we can to grow the event scene, and then you know in due course we need to focus on the hobby generally. I mean, not to not to go down a rabbit hole, but how do you feel in terms of sort of like the complete lack of PR and marketing that Games Workshop do to sort of external uh, publications, media outlets, what have you. Um, and, and just entirely focus on sort of their own platforms and their own stores, uh, given that clearly you've made a made the effort and a, a successful effort to reach out to uh, to some very reputable um, publications. Vice is a worldwide platform now, huge, huge platform. Um, mm. So as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one because they have. Um you know, been changing, um, mm. not just in the way that we see it as existing hobbyists, but I think they did a Channel 4 advert for their, like, you know, get started kits recently. Mm. Um, and they attend, obviously, trade shows and that sort of stuff. Um, to be honest, it's probably outside my area of expertise to comment on on their marketing strategy to 
for new customers. Mm. Um, in the UK, I think you know the marketing strategy is probably uh, significantly different to how it is in the rest of the world. Um, because we have a store, you know, a high street presence in the UK, we've got more games workshops here than anywhere else. So, you know, that sort of marketing of people walking past the window, seeing something cool and walking in probably works quite well for organic growth. Um, what I think their, their, their biggest opportunity is, um, and I'm sure they're aware of this, but it's the, um, the brick nations. You know, if you look at a map of where the hobbyists come from, um, India, Brazil, and China are, are not on that map. And yet they, represent a huge huge middle growing middle class which are exactly what games workshops customers are so yeah. i think um they probably you know will in due course um reevaluate things but it's probably not for me to comment on, on whether or not they should be in uh, oh, in, in, uh, in your loaded opinion. magazine or whatever <laughs> in your opinion given that it's something you've actively pursued yourself so clearly you see value in it um uh, and yeah. yeah, I mean, there's 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 people out there now. I mean, the the, the great the greatest example would be, um, you know, I've had conversations with Ed Sheeran uh, about uh, about stuff. He's got somewhat of a large social reach. So uh, yeah, and and I, well, I think I feel like a lot yeah. of the time as well with with um, with these sort of things, it's very much like making people aware that the 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 perception you may have is false uh, of of a gamer of a hobbyist. Um, yeah, we're all just sort of normal guys in our late twenties or thirties now that have sort of come back uh, and rediscovered these things that we loved as a, as, a, as a child, as a teenager. Uh, there's so many of those at the tournament scene, for example, um, that are back into it again. So yeah, yeah. I definitely think there's yeah. stuff there. Um, I mean, I think you do raise a good point that, um, that there is definitely something missing um, in Games Workshop's approach to, to marketing, um, whether it's whether it's intentional or not, but I, th I also feel like, you know, the sort of print, the mainstream print media, um, whether it's um, physical print or, you know, online marketing, lacks, um, I think, the reason why we are back involved in the hobby. The fact that it's a physical hobby, um, you know, I, I work mostly with computers, as I'm sure most people do, um, and having something physical to play with um, is half the, you know, the, the sort of visceral enjoyment of the hobby. Mm. And, if, and if you, you see a photo of a 40k model it's very different to, to, to move one around the board so i think that's that could be why they're not doing it um not saying it is but it was certainly one possible explanation i guess so i guess so i mean there's, it's it's certainly not uh, a straightforward and simple one and as you said we're neither of us are marketing experts so uh, but it, speaking of marketing you seem to be doing very well the numbers are, are, are there for the event um what sort of methods have you been using to sort of spread awareness of the event um, Aside from obviously, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are my, my number one go-to podcast. Um, no, this, uh, joking aside, um, podcasts uh, I think have the, the greatest outreach in 40k. Mm. Um, yours particularly in terms of competitive 40k. Um, obviously, the frontline guys have a massive network as well. So, um, chapter tactics and, and, and you know, signals is, is a go-to for podcasting. But one thing that I find interesting um, about uh, 40K and particularly organized play is that it's so dominated by um, Facebook organization. Mm. Um, so, you know, everyone organizes via groups and blogs and all that sort of stuff. But ultimately, it's the norm to run your event through Facebook, to have your events list on Facebook and your, and your, and your attendees on Facebook. We're very much in one of a few people that have their own website and use and use that as the primary means of organization. So you don't buy your tickets by 
going on Facebook and finding a PayPal address, you go to our web store and do it. So I think there probably is a gap in the market, whether it's Games Workshop or a third party, to come in and sort of aggregate um, the marketing and, and organizational capacity that Facebook has in relation to our little niche hobby. It's definitely um, something that we've looked at in terms of mm. aggregating and events listings. I don't know if the listeners are aware, but obviously there's the sort of the, the 40K forum. The um, Oh my God, I can't remember what the web address now. I've not been on there for so long. Um, the one that everyone mm. used for ETC and it always has events on there. What's it called? Oh, that was um, that was the Warhammer forum. Yes, that was it. But, Warhammer forum. Uh, obviously, but to put things in, 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 into context, we obviously we market on the forums yeah. as well as Facebook and stuff. So and when I posted all the safe to date posters for, for the event, within a day, I think I had something like ten thousand views of, the, of that of that poster just by pasting on on the different groups that I'm a member of. Yeah, I posted the same poster on Daka Daka and Bolton Chainsword and the big forums. I think I've got probably in some total about 100 views. Crikey. So I think the forums are, are were great for the era for which they served, but mm-hmm. I think the, the lack of real-time social interaction they, they failed to provide has somewhat limited them as a, a, um, a useful tool in the sort of modern... 40k yeah, world definitely been superseded by you know twitter now is kind of I, I see twitter growing as a platform as well now for for people discussing you know 40k the competitive side of it anyway yeah. i definitely see that network there uh, and reddit's a very interesting one as well because that is probably like the last remaining thing that i would call a forum exas- exists out there and is clearly thriving as well do you uh, have you ever had any interaction with with reddit i know there's a the 40k community on there um, I, I seem to recall maybe in, for the first year's event, I was using it a little bit. Um, I know, you know Rick Priestley and a couple of the old school games virtual guys used to do the Ask Me Anything uh, bits, which I think are great. Um, but when you mention Twitter then, I think it's really um, personal because we're obviously this year we're running an Age of Sigmar event. Hmm. And um, the Age of Sigmar competitive scene is 100% organized via Twitter. And, Facebook, and, and Facebook plays a very minimal role. So um, I think That's that might really be a, interesting yeah. from literally, you know, th- from a distance, you'd assume they'd be uh, very identical things. They're both, you know, tabletop games published by the same company. Yet one uh, one is organized through Facebook, one is organized through Twitter. That's mm. kind of that's very interesting to see. Yeah. And and I think it's probably a, sort of a, an emergent property of the fact that, you know, Age of Sigma was released, you know, after Facebook had already gained dominance and Twitter was becoming sort of more and more, more popular. Mm. Um, you know, next thing we know, we'll have, a, you know, an event that's organized entirely by Snapchat and that would be funny <laughs> for us all. Follow us on the Instagram stories. Uh, for yeah, exactly. Event. Um, yeah, it's, it's very difficult. And the reason why I've been speaking about this with you, obviously it's not directly promoting the event, but like for anyone else who's looking at, at running events, you know, or anywhere in the country, it, it just highlights how important it is to do your research and identify where your target audience is. Because if you're, you know, you, you are trying to put on a Sigmar event and you're spending money on Facebook adverts, for example, and getting no return on it, but actually there's loads of people out there looking for events, but they're on Twitter and you don't know about it. It's it, Obviously, it's a big waste and there's a big disconnect there and it can... Uh, harm your harm your event so yeah it's it's very interesting to see that uh, firsthand for you guys especially as someone who's uh, who's doing it successfully 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's very much been a sort of trial and error process. I'm not claiming to be a guru of, of Warhammer <laughs> marketing, um, but I think the best thing I've, I've or the, the biggest lesson I've learned is to get the right people involved at the right point. So, for example, I could have stumbled along on Facebook trying to market an Age of Sigma tournament for ages, but you know, having a guy who's very much in tune with what was already happening um, involved in the team helped me avoid making that mistake. So, yeah, I think that's a, an important. Um, lesson for anyone that is trying to grow their event or trying to start one up which is to make sure you have um you know well experienced and, and, and good 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 caliber people helping you um you know with the bits that you may not be an expert in yeah man definitely i i, I agree with that wholeheartedly um so yeah you personally um as a as a to uh, as many of the biggest tos were were involved in um some of the playtesting uh, of, of, of 40k and I know you can't speak specifically in detail uh, about that but um, what can you tell us about that process if anything at all um, like how did it come about in the first place how did it come about well, it's sort of all um, it was all I guess tied into the same um, same key moment in Games Workshop's evolution I guess this is me merely speculating oh, no. um, which is which is the, the change in uh, senior management I would guess that um, a lot of the changes we're seeing, uh, not just uh, with the game itself and the playtesting initiative, but with the company reorientating itself successfully to being you know, customer focused again, um, has come you know, straight from the top in its various forms. Um, now, as we all know, games development um, is only one aspect of, of the Games Workshop business, um, and you know that that product. Um, is developed by a large number of people from from different elements of the business. So, the playtesting stuff is very much a niche within within the the greater reorientation of the, of the of the firm. I think so. Um, my involvement w was very much um, a derivative of of running you know a, a large scale successful event. Um, and I think actually you know, the people that we should be thanking are not people like me for putting events on. But it's Games Workshop for um, you know changing their approach. Because it wasn't like I was going out there pitching to to be involved. It was very much a case of them um, reaching out to you. Yeah, them wanting to basically develop the best product they could. Mm. Um, and I think they've been successful in 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 getting the game, you know, ninety nine percent of the way there. I think we've definitely noticed that uh, as the community, though, with the you know the speed at which uh, FAQs and erratas are coming out. Um, if something's identified, uh, having uh, sort of two way communication from. Uh, accounts on Twitter and of course you know the the reintroduction of uh, their Facebook groups um, which was probably the start of it all I guess you know seeing the the Facebook groups uh, and the responses that they were giving you know people uh, for questions and, and what have you and and and, and uh, queries and and the, w the way in which they were um, addressed uh, quickly uh, and it's definitely grown from there and it's definitely been noticeable so it's good there's like you said there's definitely been a, a, a top to bottom kind of change in tack in which uh, they feel a lot more uh, community orientated it does feel like a, a, a hobby community rather than a uh, just a sales team uh, and then we go off and self-regulate we definitely have a lot more communication there and that's you know that sort of stuff goes a long way I feel yeah, and it, you know, not just you know, are we pleased as as customers, but if you look at 
you know, their share prices have doubled since they've started this new initiative. Um, so, you know, happy customers, happy shareholders. And, and I think, you know, if, if we uh, invested as much money as we do in, in our in our models as we had in <laughs> their shares, we'd probably be smiling a lot more. So, yeah, you know, I think it's uh, from my perspective, um, not yeah, just big pats on the back, not just to, to the guys I'm directly involved with, but I think, you know, the company generally is, is doing a good job. Oh, absolutely. And it's great to see that... Um it's great to see that stuff has borne results as well because obviously we've all been asking for it for a long time and they could have tried it and we could have been really happy but it could have had no effect on business no discernible effect on business at all so it's great to to see that it has had an effect and um that it's been a positive one so you know hopefully it definitely looks like it's going to continue uh, especially you know if it's if it's having a positive effect on business uh, so that's great well, it's been really fun talking to you um, about the event and, of course, just everything that's going on at the moment. Um, but we are here to make people know that the the tickets, are they on sale now or are they going on sale soon? Tickets are on sale on the 1st of November. So, okay. you know, that day it's very much uh, get down to the website and, and make sure you have whatever event tickets you want. Now, they sold out in 11 hours, you said last time? No, 11 days. Oh, 11 hours. I was going to say, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's the dream. No, we're not quite there. Not quite there yet. But you know, as I said, you know, this year we do have uh, slightly more space, so I expect yep. it. Um, you know, the, the increase in in popularity will probably be reflected in demand. So probably sell tickets quicker than we did before. But we do have more tickets available. So yeah, I mean, best advice I can give is get so there have, on first. So let me just check as well, but so you're expanding the amount of games that you are running. Yes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've expanded yep. space to accommodate that. But do you still have uh, the same space as you? You know, more space just for uh, the 40k GT. Correct, yeah. So we've got the same, we've probably got about double the amount of space we had last year. So last mm-hmm. year we just had, you know, a main uh, hall with some sort of ancillary space. This year um, we've got the main hall, we've got a side uh, side room. That if we wanted to, we could put, uh, you know, 40 players worth of tables in, but we'll probably be used for seminars and stuff that I'm in the process of finalising at the moment. And then we've got some more um, sort of, uh, banks of you know the, the rows of four tables that you see in most most big gaming uh, centres. Um, so we've got another another set of space for two hundred and forty players worth of that. So we very much got um, across all the games enough space for I think about five hundred people. So the tickets will be around about that, and if necessary, we can start allocating some more space to Sigma if that event blows up. Because you know I think what we've got to to remember is it. A random blood bowl event that's set up in a pub can can easily sell uh, forty tickets, and they do. And uh, you know, so the fact that we're in London, that there's a you know huge native population of players, as well as the fact that you know we very much are, you know, in the UK, the convention now to, that if you want to be a part of a big party to come to is my target of forty blood bowl players, for example, could immediately become eighty on the first mm-hmm. of November. Um, so it's for us, it's about you know forty k big signature event. Um, we very much want that to be you know, the centerpiece, um, but you know there is definitely a lot more going on. And, it's definitely uh, not an age in which game. it's just 40k at all, um, which is wonderful for for everybody, I think, and it definitely allows uh, events like yourself to grow and expand and become bigger. You know, if you can if you can feasibly expect similar numbers for Sigma than you would for 40k and that's not you know that's not out of the realms of possibility at the moment with the healthy state at which that competitive scene's in uh, I know a lot of our podcast members are having a world of a time playing Sigma at the moment um, yeah and of course as you said Blood Bowl 
great. The narrative, narrative events in general, um, when put together with care and love, always attract good numbers as well. Um, you know, it's very easy for us to, uh, very much uh, easy for us to overlook um, how many people are interested in that side of the hobby. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, for all of our listeners, if you want to get down there, uh, the event is in May. It's the 19th and 20th of May of the gaming days. Uh, here in London, uh, the tickets go on sale on the first of November. Set your alarms. We'll definitely give you an update closer to the time um, for all those people that are used to waking up early or whenever and having their fingers hovering over the F5 button, uh, ready for those tickets to go on sale. Uh, what's the ticket price? So tickets will be um, well. Tickets will be the same price they were last year. So um, each of the main GTs um, will be around about forty pounds. Which is entirely reasonable. What do you get for that? Is that just literally gaming? Uh, it's gaming, yeah, yeah. So you get entry. Uh, this year, I'm in the process of bottling out food, but we'll likely have um, a variety of, of food trucks. Um, you know, with 500 people, you can't uh, you're getting uh, a subway order, unfortunately. Um, so we'll try and basically put on uh, you know full catering throughout the course of the weekend, so that whenever awesome. you're hungry, you can you can pop down and buy a burger. And do you have a license bar? In the venue, we we have a ten basically, so a temporary event night notice. So it is a licensed bar, um, albeit it's not a year-round one. It basically comes with us as an event. So if you yes. want to come down and buy a beer, it's perfect. So if you definitely want a reason to support an event, um, the London GT guys have gone out of their way to make sure that they can serve you alcohol at this event. So uh, if that doesn't divert, deserve support, I don't know what does. Uh, any possibility <laughs> of tableside service? It's something we, we, yeah, it's something we're definitely trying to make work. Um, it's basically an issue just the, the size of the gaming facility now is you got to, by the time you've been to the table, got you know, got back to the bar and come back to the table again, it takes quite a while. So mm. if we can, uh, it will be on the cards. If not, uh, we'll have enough bartenders that is never a key. Splendid. That's great to hear. Uh, thank you very much uh, for that. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Zach. All the best uh, with the event. I'm sure you don't need our, our luck and support. Uh, I'm sure it'll do great, but we'll be happy to support it anyway. Uh, and as I said, November the 1st is when those tickets go on sale, so you've got a little bit of time to prepare yourself. Uh, have you got uh, a date when you'll be publishing a rules pack? Or Yes, yeah, so there'll be a, basically a preliminary rules pack out on the 1st with ticket sales, so Splendid. everything you need will be up all at the same time. All good. Great stuff. Uh, and the website again for the people? So the website is lgtpresents.co.uk. So if you're looking for 40K, it's lgtpresents.co.uk forward slash 40K and Sigma's AOS, etc., etc. But if you go to the homepage, you'll be able to find your way around pretty easily. Wicked. Uh, and uh, for the people that still use it and are living in the dark ages, do you have a Facebook group? We do indeed. So the Facebook group is London Ground Tournament, and uh, under that you'll find all the events that we'll be running, as well as uh, a wall for all you guys to put general chatter on if you want to crack some banter before the gaming starts. Splendid stuff. All right, Zach, thank you very much for speaking to us, uh, and all the best with the event. Thanks a lot, Logan. Cheers, man. Bye.